0: There are several important ideas in this section. Probably the biggest is, what is a wave function? The reason we included a section on wave functions early in the book is because we find that many students, including us when we were students, have trouble understanding functions that are written such as equation 125 and 126 and 127, in which it just looks like some functions are being set equal to other functions. And really, what's the point of that? So, what we try to describe in this section is that wave functions are simply mathematical descriptions of how a wave behaves over time and space. That is, how the displacement from equilibrium, which defines the wave, varies from time to time and from place to place. So those equations, which just seem to be setting one function equal to another, are really describing the wave behavior. The amount of disturbance from equilibrium at a given time and place depends on the shape of the wave and which part of that shape is arriving at that instant at that location. This is useful, for example, if you have a wave that's non-dispersive. Now later chapters will deal with dispersion in more detail, but you can just think of a non-dispersive wave as a wave that has a shape that does not change. And as long as the shape remains the same, You can define the profile of the wave at time t equals zero, and that same profile will apply at all later times. That's what equation 128 is trying to get at. Remember y is the displacement or disturbance from equilibrium, f is just some function, And with the argument of x and zero time, we're saying this is the shape of the wave at t equals zero. In other words, the wave profile. There are some examples of this. You can see their equations in equation 129 and their graphs in figure 118. These are just different wave shapes that you might run into. could be sines, cosines, combinations, gaussians, or other functions. So the wave function really tells you this is how the wave disturbance varies over space and time. Now that variation is captured by the phase of the wave, and specifically how the phase changes. That's what equation 130 is trying to get at. It says delta phi, the change in the phase of the wave, which can also be written as phi, that is the phase at any given time, minus phi zero, the phase constant, that is the starting phase, and that's equal to k delta x plus or minus omega delta t. The plus or minus we'll get into when we talk about wave direction. But the k delta x and the omega delta t should look familiar to you. Remember we ran into those earlier in this chapter when we said k is like a distance to phase converter. It takes a distance delta x and converts it to an angle or phase change. Likewise, omega is a time to phase converter. It converts a time interval into an angle or phase change. You're very likely to see a simpler version of this equation in which the initial phase, the starting position, and the starting time are all taken as zero, in which case you can use equation 130, which simply says that the phase at any given position x and any given time t is just equal to kx plus or minus omega t. So that describes what part of the wave you're in, and the shape of the wave at various positions and time is just some function of that argument. That's what equation 132 is saying y of x and t, that is, the disturbance of the wave as a function of position and time, is some function of this phase argument, which tells you what part of the wave is occurring at that location x, and at that time t. The rest of this section just describes how the wave moves over time, that is, in which direction, and how fast it moves. And as is described in this section, you can find the direction of the wave motion simply by comparing the signs of the position term, that is, the x term in a one-dimensional wave, and the time term, or t term. If the sine of the x term and the sine of the t term are the same, the wave is moving toward negative x. If the sine of the x term and the sine of the t term are opposite, the wave is moving towards positive x. A lot of students, upon first hearing that, think that's backwards. That's why we have several pages describing how this triangular wave moves as we add or subtract something within the argument of the function f. As for the wave speed, you know that speed is simply distance over time, and a periodic wave must travel one wavelength over one period of time. So you can write v, the velocity, is equal to distance over time, which is lambda over t, and by relating lambda to the wave number k, and the period t to the angular frequency omega, you end up with equation 136, which says that the speed of the wave is omega divided by k, the angular frequency in radians per second, divided by the wave number k in radians per meter. When you look at the units there, you end up with meters per second. Now this is called the phase speed of the wave. Later chapters are going to deal with something called the group speed as well. But for now, just make sure you're solid on the understanding which way the wave is moving by comparing the signs of the x term and the t term and the phase speed of the wave by taking omega over k.